you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. So excited, so excited for this opportunity to move forward. We've been looking at narcissism and honestly, we've been on the other side of the hill. We, we climbed that hill for four or five weeks. I don't even remember how long. And we had some guests in between, wonderful guests, uh, Pastor Stephen Hoppin and uh, David and Aaron Jeffries about marriage and, and, uh, and, and different things like that. We've had great people th- drop in and we've done so much and we climbed that hill. And the last couple of weeks, we've been coming down on the other side. And last week we talked about all kinds of things, new friends, local church, disrespecters of persons, attitude uh, equals altitude, humility. Yesterday we talked about trusting in the Lord for our healing, uh, looking at the clay, seeing what the potter can do with the clay, realizing that we're the clay, realizing that we're just some old muddy things and we got to put ourselves in God's hands. And with me out there in Utah, looking out his picture window, which is also the windshield on his coach out there traveling the country trying to help people, is my friend Kevin. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Living the dream, brother. How about you? Amen. Amen. It's wonderful to serve a great God of creation, and and he creates things in people. He does. He he has a way of changing stuff, doesn't he? He can just change you, folks. And so today, and I mentioned this yesterday, I wanted to, I wanted to entitle uh, this episode of the broadcast for the kids. And, and I ended up looking at generational sin and, and, and all kinds of things as we go through this. And, you know, the concept of, uh, you know, we need to get better. This is the bottom line. This is what prompted my heart. You know, for our future kids, for the kids we have now, grandkids, great-grandkids, folks, listen, we have an opportunity to take these diverse temptations, these trials, and just give them to God. We have an opportunity to throw ourselves on the potter's wheel and say, God, shape yeah. us. And when God shapes us, man, things change. We don't have to go out, beg, borrow, and steal. We, we don't have to worry about who's going to be our friends. God takes care of all that. Uh, we don't have to chase people. We don't have to. God, ta- God says, I got all that. Just throw yourself on the potter's wheel. And one of the reasons we do that is for the kids, Kevin. We, you know, we know the Bible says, train up in a child uh, the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from that. And we, you know, that's encouraged how many parents over the year, me, I've, uh, you know, I tried so hard to train up our kids exactly as the Lord would have us do it. And, but then we got to remember, we, we got to remember that as we speak about healing and as we get ready, uh, you know, we go to the Lord and we, you know, that, that wonderful Psalm 103, I find myself stuck on that Psalm a lot lately, but bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We forget that God can take us out of this generational craziness. We forget that one of the benefits it's is God's going to take us out if we allow him to, if we trust him, who forgiveth all thine inequities, and I've had many, and healeth all thy diseases. And, you know, God's love and mercy, his healing and forgiveness is there for those of us who seek it. So you say, what are you saying, Brother Doug? And I, I don't want to be too convoluted with this. I want to say we've got a couple responsibilities. One is to train up our children. But I found this out in the Army a long time ago that you can't train anybody unless you're worthy to be a trainer. Uh, 
You can't train anybody unless you can follow. You can't train anybody until you've thrown yourself on that potter's wheel. You can't train anybody until you've been molded into a leader by God. And, uh, and, and, and we know that the Lord can bless us and we go to him and we know a benefit, Kevin, a benefit is what comes out of healing. A benefit is what happens to our family, our friends, those around us. Isn't that a benefit? Yeah. Yeah. The, when we yield to the, to the potter's hand, we yield to God's working in our life and we recognize it. We, we believe that his hand is being used with purpose, with, with that it counts, that the suffering counts. Okay, when we believe in a big God, our kids, the Bible says his, his children shall have a place of refuge. Talking about the family that trusts God, the children have a place of refuge. Man, kids want to live somewhere where there's a big God who's who watches the injustice, watches the shootings, watches the abuse, watches the stuff that happens. And they say, they say, kids, we're going to, we're going to surrender to this. We're going to yield to it. And last night in church, I played a video of the, of the a nation that was going through a hardship and where the president of Zambia, after the loss of its entire uh, uh, crack soccer team. They called it football, but it's, it had a great soccer team that year and it, they all died in a plane crash. Just about every one of them died in one plane crash. So he addressed the people and I, and, and I played this because I said, look, this is the right response. When we are being pressured, when we are being, uh, assaulted by Satan, recognize and yield to the hand of God. And so this, this, um, president, I forget his name, of Zambia addressed the people like a good dad addresses his kids and addresses his wife. And he said, let's pray. And he said, God, we don't know why this happened, but Lord, we surrender. We yield. He kept saying over and over, we yield, we surrender. And he began to cry and he, and he yielded. He said, he said to Jesus that gave his life on the cross of Calvary and died for our sins. This is a president of Zambia. This was in, uh, in 90, in the nineties and the people, there's thousands, tens of thousands in a huge arena, huge stadium began to weep and to cry out to God. And I just thought, you know what, what a beautiful place of refuge that his, as it were, the, the, his flock, his sheep, his children, the citizens of his country has, as he called down God's blessing on them and they sought God, they yielded. So I think that, you know, Doug, the best thing to do is just go ahead and lead out by yielding to a big God that knows what he's doing. Yeah. And, 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 you know, what we talk about as we talk about, you know, a generational curse or, uh, you know, the Bible is clear where there's a lot of verses. And I'm going to go to a couple here in a little bit, but that, that point to generational sin, not only being passed down to kids, but descendants. And, uh, and, and you say, well, well, brother Doug, what does this have to do with PTSD being hurt and these things we went through is you see, once we've been through the terrible things, once we've been through the icky things, once we've been hurt, once we've been uh, beat up, once we've been knocked down, once people who we love the most hurt us or whatever the case may be, once we come out the other side, it's really easy for us to give up on God. And when we give up on God, we're not just giving up ourselves. 
there's people watching us. There's eyes on us. There's ears listening to us. There's, you know, there's descendants. There's a family. And we have this responsibility. We have this responsibility to, to jump out of these things. Remember in Exodus in 34, it says, keep in mercy for thousands, forgiven in equity and transgression and sin. And that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children and into the third and the fourth generation. So there's, there's a lot at stake here, folks. This isn't just about, uh, you know, we're going to get better so we do better. Yay, the world's all about, uh, look at the new Doug. You know, they put pictures out there of the new Doug, you know, and, and these people are right, you know, I hate better than I've eaten in weeks. I lifted more weights than I have. I'm wearing clothes that I haven't been able to hear. I, 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 I. Mm. Now it's like, God, look what God's doing. Let's sit back, folks, and, and take this craziness that's entered into our life and filter this thing through God's eyes and say, Lord, I need to get on the wheel tonight. Lord, I need your hands on my life. I need to come out the other side. And it's, it's not just for me. It's for my descendants, for my kids. Yeah, yeah. Shape me, Lord. It's for the people who live next door. And, and Kevin, it's so significant. Yeah, you know, um, whenever a, whenever we harden our heart as a parent, that hardness is the easiest thing to transmit to our children. I, I believe that. Um, in fact, we're we're on the. I don't know how much time I have here. I forgot to check, but uh, in Jer- Okay, so in Jeremiah eighteen, um, when God said, "Hey, if the clay is marred, I'll remake it." It'll be, it'll be fine. It'll be better. This is their response. And they said, children of Israel, God, this is what God said. God is saying that their answer is there is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices and we will everyone do the imagination of his evil heart. What a terrible response when God is pitching the best story of redemption to respond. Nope, it won't work. Not case is too hard. And I, I counseled someone this past week that was abused terribly. And because of their abuse at the hands of a narcissist, they said, I will never trust anyone ever again. And this is someone that loves God. You would think they're reaching out for help. And um, they were texting me, but they had crystallized their heart. How sad. And I think this person has about six or seven kids how sad that their children are going to pick up on the idea that there's no hope when God allows this bad thing to happen. Yeah. Folks, listen, we got to do what we got to do with the broadcast. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Isaiah 26, 4, trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah's everlasting strength. And friends, there's a way out, man. Uh, God, God's saying, hey, what time I am afraid. 
I will trust in the, and, and, and you know, as, as Kevin wrapped up so aptly there before the broadcast break, and, and as we were looking at that, we got to remember that we've been hurt, and, and with that hurt, we can make some pretty rash decisions, and we say, man, I'm never going to trust anyone again. Well, anybody includes God. Anybody includes some pretty wonderful people in your life. And, mm. But God has given us this wonderful filter. He's, he, he's given us this trial, and he's shaped us. And, and folks, you got to get on the wheel. And, and I know I'll probably say this a hundred more times. You guys are going to go, Doug, shut up. Stop talking about the wheel. But listen, when God shapes us, uh, you know, when we walk around, I remember I was in a prophet's chamber and, and man, I was going through a trial and a prophet's chamber is a room in a church where, uh, you know, they'll have preachers sleep and their wives and things of that nature. When they come through, some of them are really nice. And I remember there's one particular one I got in late and I really didn't do a lot of time looking in the mirror or anything besides brushing my teeth or whatever. And I went to bed. I remember I woke up the next morning and boy, I, I woke up to text messages and a trial and one crazy thing after another. And I, I remember I just kind of prayed a little bit and I went into the restroom and I was combing my hair, getting ready to go meet the pastor. And right across the top of that mirror was that wonderful verse, that anthem, that, that thing that so many people share from Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. And, and, and folks, God can take us through this for the kids. We can, we can block out the generational sin. The kids can see the change. And, and you know, Kevin, we have to tell the kids we're messed up we got to seek forgiveness. We've done some things wrong. You know, I do that yeah. with my kids. I say, yeah, man, I wish I could go back and change that. Mm. But, boy, if we have to do that again, I'm going to get it right. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, boy, the children have the greatest capacity for forgiveness, way better than we adults. But yeah. they seem to – they seem bent on forgiving, on forgiving us knuckleheaded parents – Hey, and I've done the same thing, Doug. Um, in fact, I was just thinking with utter horror as you were talking, the Holy Spirit brought this to my mind. And so I want to, again, um, you know, be, be more sensitive to this area. There was a time when I um, was trying to take my teenage, my, I had probably three teenagers at home at the time. That's a recipe for mental illness there, having three children at home. Actually, I had four four at home, but, uh, and, and they were all, they're all teens, but, but anyway, older teens, but I was trying to, to, you know, just get across to them about trusting in God. And, you know, Satan let one of them respond in rebellion. And it was just, my timing was off when I, when I administered the rod of correction. And it was just, it was, I, I look back with horror at the exasperation that I ex, that I was expressing, it was just done wrong. And by the way, I never did. I didn't even lay a hand on anybody. But I remember there was the threat, and there was the going to the drawer to get something. But you know, that's the kind of thing where I, I I've already apologized to them. They've forgiven me. But you know what, Lord, don't let me send mixed signals. Don't let me be like Moses that's telling Israel, trust God, you rebels, and at the same time beating the rock and uh and messing everything up. I don't want to I don't want to uh short circuit God's work in the tender hearts of our children. The Bible says, uh oh how great is thy goodness, Psalm 31:19, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. And the biggest boon 
biggest blessing we can be to our kids, I think, is to express in their presence that there's a God bigger than what the family's going through. And that's um, that's my desire. And, you know, that's the opposite of the hardened heart that says there is no hope. Yeah. Kids, kids, this is outside the scope of God's instruction book. We're going to take matters into our own hands. We're never going to trust another person again. And you just get all kind of messed up. And you, you transmit these generational sins to your kids. Well, dad's drunk again. Well, what's that communicate? He, he doesn't feel like the joy of the Lord is enough. But yeah. praise God, we don't have to live that way. We, we don't have to die that way. In fact, uh, Doug, before I hand it back to you, I'm, I'm going to uh, join the uh, join the club and, and get on the bandwagon for the potter again, because in Jeremiah 18, where he said, I'll make you again, I'll, I'll take your trauma and rebuild you. Nope, there's no hope. The very next chapter opens this way. Thus saith the Lord, go and get the potter's earthen vessel. This is one that's already been finished, already been shaped, already been cooked. It's already been placed in the in the kiln. And take of the ancients of the people and of the ancients of the priests and go forth to the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is by the entry of the east gate, proclaim the words that I tell thee. That chapter describes God taking a hardened vessel and smashing it. Verse 10, thou shalt break the bottle in the sight of the men that go with thee and shalt say unto them, thus saith the Lord, even so will I break this people and this city as one breaketh a potter's vessel. When it talks in verse 15, I've pronounced against it because they have hardened their necks that they might not hear my words. Yeah. And the worst, the worst thing to communicate to my children is that I don't want to hear God anymore. I've hardened my heart. This is too much for me. I have uh, this. I didn't sign up for this. I'm going to do it my way. Kids, let's do it. Do it my way instead of God's way. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have an old pastor friend of mine and one of his favorite sermon, sermons included the words, God's the only one that can unscramble eggs. God's the oh. only one that can change lives. God's the only one that can come in and, mm. and recoup a life for his service. But, you know, it, it, it takes two to hango. You know, somewhere along the way, we got to say, God, I'm there. Take me. I can't block him anymore. You know, he's given us this free will thing, folks. And I got to tell you, as a, as a PTSD sufferer, as a knucklehead, as many things in my life, let me tell you this right now. I need to open up. I need to realize is that those weaknesses in my life is where God shows his strength the most, that those weaknesses in my life, and by the way, your kids see those weaknesses, and by the way, your family sees those weaknesses, and your friends see those weaknesses, and the people you work with see those weaknesses, and you know, in my life, there's nothing more profound, profound there's nothing more exceptional, there's nothing more awesome than to see God get a hold of somebody and completely change them. People who've been through mm -hmm. trials, those people who cry easy, those people who laugh easy, those people you find at the pulpit, those people who point out their weaknesses and give them to God, those people who apologize first, those people who hug you uh, when you're hurting, uh, those people who you want to be around, boy, you can be there. But you got to understand, you got to say, okay, I'll do it. When I joined the Army, you know, I could go down to the Army base. I've told this story and say, listen, I want to get in there. They say, shut up and get out of here. What happened? You're arrested. 
But when I joined the Army, the Army said, you know what, Doug, if you, if you want to be promoted, if you want to have a good career in the Army, you got to do these steps. And then I remember, you know, as I went through the Army and I made E5 as a sergeant, and uh, then the sergeant major of the Army put a book out and said, if you want to make E6, you got to do these steps, and I did it. And, and then I remember I was in E7, I wanted to make E8, and the sergeant major of the Army came down at Fort Leonard Wood and had a conversation with everybody. And he said, boy, if you want to make E8, you better do this. And by the way, if you want to make E9, you better do this. There were some steps I had to take. And folks, there's no steps to salvation. There's no steps to God's love, but you must open your heart and say, God, I'm ready. I, I can do this. We, we got to trust in God. We don't trust in people or circumstances. But when we trust in God, we say, you know what? Maybe I can trust somebody else. You know, maybe I can open my door a little bit. Maybe I can get off this couch. Maybe I can do some extra things in my life. Uh, you know, I do trust God. And trust in God means I'm not stuck. I'm not stuck somewhere where my family's being hurt. I'm not stuck somewhere where my friends are being hurt. I'm trusting God. Get on the table, friends. We sure do love you. Make sure you come back tomorrow. We're going to talk about getting better for our spouses, our future spouses. We sure do love you. Make sure you get a hold of us if you need to. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.